0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Macro Monthly. My name is Hans Stegeman, and with me are investment strategist Maritza Cabezas and Yuri De Wilde. Together, we discuss current economic topics and political developments and how they relate to sustainability. At the end, it is good to look back. So that's what we're going to do with you and Maritza this time. Look back at the year that lies behind us with the uh, war in Ukraine, uh, food crisis, energy crisis, uh, financial markets stuff. And let's also look forward to the year ahead. And this is the first year that ended with higher interest rates than it began with, so it's a remarkable year. So welcome, Yuri Maritza. How are you doing? How do you look back to this year?
1: Well, maybe, Hans, I'd like to pick up one of the points you mentioned. Uh, For me, uh, one of the, let's say, exceptional stories from uh, this year is uh, the war in Ukraine. But I'd like to bring it, let's say, to the household and firm level, because that has, uh, the behavior changes that have taken place have really impressed me. I know that there are firms that are producing the same with much less energy at the individual level. Yeah, we're taking shorter showers. We're basically more uh, mindful of how we use our energy consumption. And I think that is a message that behavior can change. Of course,
0: it's taken a lot, but it gives hope. What does it mean for you as an economist? Do you say prices, price triggers work, price incentives? Well, here it's
1: it's even there's a sort of, uh, if I can call it, a sort of common enemy. We have a, mm-hmm. the same goal. We want to consume less, so we have to import less. These elements that we share have made us change our behavior.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, behavior, it, these are partly economic incentives, but also it's also... Moral, I would say. So we want to behave differently because the world around changes,
1: and the changes have taken place relatively fast. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yuri, for you, the year,
2: the year. Well, I think um, looking at advanced economies and also the global economy, I think what what has been most remarkable, in my opinion, has been the severity of the price rises that we've seen. Because if you think back to the start of the year, only a couple of months before the year started. There was still much talk about transitory inflation, whether or not it would be uh, sticky. And now we are in a, in a period with double-digit inflation. So I think that's the, yeah. the main surprise.
0: Just to remind me, we always make a forecast. So last year we also made a forecast. And if we look now to how the year unfolded, what is our biggest mistake now let's push positive. What did we do right? <laughs> what did we do right? What did we forecast right?
2: I think we forecasted that inflation would, would be higher than uh, over the last 10 years. So that's that's what we did right. But we, we misjudged the severity of the central bank response. So yeah. central banks really changed the game and they really uh, increased the rate hikes uh, severely.
0: Maritza?
1: Well, I, I think that when we started, we wanted to release a, an outlook right when the war started. And of course, there were differences in opinions about how long the war would last. And I think with firm footing, we said that the war would take quite a long time to be resolved. Yeah. And that was one of the basis of our scenarios.
0: Yeah. And if we look back to our previous outlook, so the one of last year, which was called something with trust. So yeah. we, we, we had a whole story about trust is essential in the economy after the recovery of COVID. It's a year ago, but it looks like ages to go. I would say, yes, we saw it right that trust is essential, but it developed in a way we did not want it to to go.
2: No, it uh, developed in the wrong way. I think trust has deteriorated further across the globe, mainly, of course, because of the war in Ukraine, also because of ongoing tensions between the US and China and uh, the rise in prices also increases poverty and that usually doesn't uh,
0: increase trust. And uh, Maritza, you had a story about trust in emerging markets? Yeah,
1: I think Hans that trust has become more relevant than ever, but where we we have a wrong start, and yeah. we now need to rely uh, considerably on uh, governments, but governments are more fragmented. Corporation seems to be a bit more difficult now. We rely strongly on central banks to tame inflation. But some central banks already were not uh, enjoying that much credibility. So it makes this uh, battle of inflation even more difficult. So it is more relevant, but we're not in the right setting.
0: Yeah, I I think also a last element. So I agree completely that we had the right topic, but it went in the wrong direction. So nobody listens to us. That's... uh. Yeah, I think it's also an economic topic if we look back to our summer and the extreme heat and the drought and the disasters that, that happened is also one part of this year, which is maybe a turning point in how we think about climate, hopefully a turning point. It is not something about the future, it's something about our reality with clear economic costs to it, but without any action. If we have seen the COP27, I think this is also the year, Hopefully of a turning point that we come to action, but it's the first time that we see economic damage on a large scale from climate change. Yeah. And that's um, maybe not positive. Is there something positive about this year?
1: Well, I think if you want to really look, I think that the energy crisis has accelerated energy transitions. So renewable energy has gotten a boost uh, from the energy crisis. And uh, I think that's, that's positive. Yeah,
0: you yeah. agree something positive? Um, I agree with Maritza. Oh, that's yeah. positive yeah. that you agree. The positive thing is that you agree with Maritza. Definitely. Let's go to the, my last frustration. So let's do the frustration of the year, which is not difficult in this year. To summarize, I would say crazy, crazy man. Putin, still a little flavor of Trump here and there. Xi pin he's, he's, he's not crazy, but he, he is quite dominant. And this is the year that he has even become, became more dominant. Elon Musk, I now left Twitter because I think it's completely idiot what he's doing. And this has economic and social consequences. So it's not some kind of a, a guy who just plays around and nobody should care. This has real Implications, and I, th- I think the the biggest bunch of crazy people got it uh, last few weeks in in Egypt, where they with thirty thousand people were sitting in the desert, and doing nothing, setting up a fund with no money. As biggest result of a of a climate uh, COP with with thirty thousand people, I think it's it's crazy.
2: And do you think that this includes the the Western European leaders that yep. that filled last uh, month?
0: Yeah, uh, it's of course easy to say that leaders fail, it's, I think also politics fail, yeah. and it also has to do with fragmented society, so it's not only to blame people, I think they're all also very unable to, to decide on anything, so that's why on the top of my list are those crazy people that have the power to decide and make wrong, t- <laughs> crazy choices. But it's, it's not a, a rosy picture if you look to all those, those people. So there's a lot of frustration. I, I don't watch the news anymore because it's... it's no, but also, also on the business perspective, um, if you take our, our biggest asset manager, BlackRock, first writing a letter, yeah, we're so sustainable. And now we get a discussion in the US about, uh, about ESG and suddenly BlackRock isn't sustainable anymore. This is also this is also the same stupidness.
2: And what's the solution? To, that to they
0: listen it. to us <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, the problem is that we have a concentration of power we forget it at big asset managers but also in two wealthy people all dysfunctional dis- democracies yeah. the symptom are those people but the causes are deeper of course this is about asset manager capitalism this is about dysfunctional democracies autocracies that's when you get crazy people leading or not leading and so the solution is more democracy and that we all need to listen to each other. Let's stop with my frust- I can go on with my frustration forever, but it doesn't make sense. Let's try to do something positive. That's coming year. <laughs> Hopefully you have something <laughs> positive. We all have written our, our outlooks and, and my pieces about what I call uh, or what more people call a polycrisis. So a, a crisis of interconnected systemic risks, so ecological risks, social risks, I just also discussed it a little bit, that occur at the same time. So we, we have a, a problem there. And that, that also leads to a, a system, to, to a regime shift in the economy. So we had a great moderation from 1980 to the beginning of the financial crisis, stable, low inflation, even lower interest rates, uh, stable growth, globalization. We thought we had a, the world was flat. Then we had a financial crisis and not everything went differently then because then we had a great stagnation, as we call it, with very low productivity growth, with a lot of monetary policy. Great for markets, by the way, because we had a lot of liquidity, uh, even lower and negative interest rates. And now we are in a period of polycrisis where we saw the first year with high interest rates, more volatility, and existing and systemic risks that are not going away very soon. So this is my positive picture for the longer run and where we are. And my solution would be, we have to work on resilience. So to make the system better resistant against shocks, but not stay in that system, we also need transitions, transformation. And but that is the longer term story. So, we, and within that story, you have done your, your year outlook for 2023. And that's what we're now going to talk about. If you look at your outlook, what, what's your main message, one of you?
2: So the overarching topic of our outlooks is resilience. You just stated that uh, we are at uh, only at the beginning of a poly crisis. So consequently, the, the outlook for uh, the global economy and the advanced economies also uh, reckons that we are at the start of a crisis. So they uh, see uh, a bleak outlook for 2023 because we have to pay the price for this lack of resilience. And in advanced economies, that basically means paying the price for uh, the surging inflation that we see at, uh, at the moment And uh, aggressive central bank tightening. And so we foresee recessions in the UK, in the Eurozone, in also in the US at the end of 2023. So another very, uh, very rosy picture. If you Ah. just focus on economic growth, that is to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I find so funny, also this morning in the newspaper, that it's already for months about a recession, about a global recession and we don't we still doesn't have it so is this the recession we are waiting for and that will never come or will it definitely come our view is that we won't have a global
1: recession so that is uh, we ha- will have a economic slowdown some advanced economies will be flirting with recession or going into, into recession, recession. But in the case of emerging markets, uh, the largest economies uh, like China, if you want some positive news, at least the second quarter uh, data was uh, pretty strong, 3.9%, at least stronger than, than uh, we had expected. And uh, what's important is that uh, actually India is one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Mm-hmm. Some of it has to do with uh, the effects of COVID in, in the past year. But in general, I think it's fair to say that emerging markets, despite COVID, despite a war in Ukraine, despite Fed rate hikes, which are, it's a very sensitive issues when it comes to emerging markets. I think they have fared relatively well. Normally, uh, let's say in previous rate hikes, at least in 2013, markets were very jittery. Mm -hmm. They still are. In the past, there were a lot of defaults. So the financial crisis were triggered by uh, Fed rate hikes. And now, uh, with very few exceptions and because of situations that were structurally difficult before even the Fed started hiking, we have not seen any, any defaults. So I think that, that. Why the- not? Why,
0: why are they not defaulting? Are they doing something better, or is it the problem yes? Not, uh, yes, big I think
1: enough? I think uh, precautionary policies are part of the story because actually emerging markets went into these crises mm-hmm. with stronger fundamentals, uh, higher international reserves, floating uh, FX regimes, which makes it that they can adjust better to crises. These are only a few of the elements that have helped
0: them uh, okay. weather these. Uh, these. Okay. Let, let's go back to, to, to Yuri. You said, yeah, we have recessions here and there in advanced economies, mm-hmm. but maybe not all is bad. Risa also went into that about the, the monetary policy. What do you expect how that will evolve? And what will the ordinary Western European citizen experience then?
2: Well, what we first, uh, what we expect, we expect a uh, continuation of, of rate hikes until the first quarter of 2023. And after that, we expect that uh, policy rates will be left untouched by the central banks. So that means mm-hmm. that we will have to still be with uh, higher rates uh, for the entire year. That translates, of course, into mortgage rates. That's an important factor. And in that respect, it is important that you take a look at uh, different uh, housing markets, how they are constructed. We know, for instance, that in the UK, they have more variable uh, mortgage rates compared to, for instance, the Netherlands, more fixed rates. So there you feel the effect earlier of higher rates. So that's also one of the reasons why we expect a more severe recession in the, in the UK.
0: One thing, what you normally would say, At least that's what I've learned over over the years. If you have a recession, you have unemployment. Why are you not talking about unemployment?
2: We do expect uh, unemployment to rise, but from very low levels. So Mm -hmm. we have now exceptionally tight labor markets. And I think that's the most remarkable thing about this um, recession that we are expecting or that we are in, that we have still very tight labor markets. So that is also some reason why um, um, most uh, economists now expect the recession to only be fairly shallow.
0: Yeah, and, and, and an element which is now very important and you already touched upon it with the monetary policy is inflation. And we said in the beginning we underestimated inflation and the longevity of it this year. Hmm. So will we also underestimate it next year?
2: We still expect the inflation to be above central bank targets by the uh, end of the year. So in that case, uh, I don't think so. I think it's also important to to take a look at what what does that mean for advanced economies. Now we we are facing a recession due to a poly crisis, but what what does that mean for uh, our system? I think we have to start changing this system. We have clearly seen that that our current system is not resilient enough, so we we do have to make some changes. So hopefully, and that's the positive note in the in the outlook. Hopefully, this can be the kickstart to some uh, actual change.
0: what should, what should, I don't know if you can answer, Maritz also wants to answer this one. What is the biggest change for the poly crisis that should happen next year? One change in policies or macroeconomic policies or governments or whatever?
1: Well, I I really do think that uh, we have come very short this year on uh, private investments, Mm -hmm. particularly in emerging markets, but also in advanced economies. And if you want to build better, you need investments, obviously, in the right sectors. A lot of economies are planning to grow next year. And for example, India, if it does not shift rapidly to renewable energy, then it will be a growth as we have seen in the past with other countries. Mm -hmm. So I think that money is needed, but in the right investments and in the right sectors so that we can avoid a growth story as we had in the past, which is not very friendly to planet
0: and people, let's say. Okay. Yuri, what should happen?
2: I think it's key for the transition that it it happens in an, an equal way. So I think there really has to be some redistribution of wealth. So I mm-hmm. think that relates to your story about these um, uh, stupid men that you were talking about. Because we also know that the, the richest uh, 1% of the world is, is um, yeah, responsible for most of the CO2 emissions. Texas,
0: taxes, so, taxes. Texas,
2: taxes, taxes. Texas, Texas.
0: Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs>
1: yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I. Maritza
0: was, doesn't want to have taxes because she wants yeah. to have private investments by those rich people. Or yeah.
1: uh, well, I, I do think that there is some responsibility in terms of uh, where the money flows and where the money comes from. No,
0: absolutely. And,
1: and I do think that uh, in, uh, taxes will help build these uh, savings that are needed. But I do think that some countries, I mean, are paying the price for decisions made yeah. by central bankers in order to tame inflation within a specific territory. Yeah. And uh, these countries are, are didn't have the buffers, didn't have the, the right mechanisms to to safeguard themselves. And and now they're paying the, the, the price. So at some point, we need to consider that policies being yeah, taken if by if one we, nation
0: are... If we combine those two, we can say we tax the richest people on the earth, which live in the richest countries mm. and give part of that to the poorer people.
1: But uh, but that's not enough, Hans. We Is know that, that, enou- that no, yeah? no, we need to change behaviors and values. Yeah, that's also, how we also. started. We have
0: to, uh, about one year. So you have private capital... Yuri has taxes and we combine those two and we have private capital going from rich countries to poorer countries by taxes. No, stop. I think that we have to end positively yeah, this part. I think that would be a great start. If yes, we, If yes. we start with that. A great a start. start. <laughs> and then the rest of your agenda will come, Maritza. Oh, that, that's a very... And then we nice. do values, etc., yeah. and difficult stuff. Okay. Let's go to the data of the month. Last month, we had the question Eurozone inflation... 9.9%. And the question was, will it be higher or lower? And it was higher, it was 10.6%. It would have been better if we did US inflation, then we could have really had a surprise. So Moritza won. And since this is the last one of this year, and we have a winner for the year. And um one, two, three, four, five. We did seven. Yuri won uh two times yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we have a winner. I, I have a present for the first time.
2: Hans is uh, grabbing the present. It seems to be large.
0: <laughs> yes, here we have a real bottle of champagne this time for the winner for Maritza. Oh thank you um, thank you I, I don't I only don't know if it is positive that you won because I think most of your bets were not positive development. It was only that, that you were right. Yeah, <laughs> so.
1: yeah, and and I think I wouldn't have been able to win if uh, I wouldn't have been here with you guys. So I'm always willing to share my prize.
2: Well, that's very kind, very kind.
0: So um, thank you. We, yeah. we we don't do one for next year because we already placed our bets in our outlook. I think. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, we'll keep it to that. Anything you have to add? Maybe a wish for next year. What do you wish? So we had uh, the policy changes. We have our outlook. What is the wish that would happen next year to end with? Ooh, not personal, a... but for the, for the economy. So if that would happen, that would be great.
2: Uh, I think if 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 these recessions uh, play out to be very small and and not many people fall into poverty. And related to that, of course, that means that prices come down faster than expected because I think for the average
0: household, that would be really a relief. So you wish your focus is wrong? Yes. Okay. And Maritza?
1: Yeah, I I would wish that the cooperation that we've been asking in every podcast, uh, whether it be international, whether it be, it be domestic, that that really picks up and that we start thinking not only about profits and gains, but also about the common good, let's
0: say. The common good. I think that's a, that's a good end. We want more common good and wrong forecast next year. <laughs> thanks, Yuri Maritza. Also, you listener, thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next time and subscribe to our channel, Inside Impact Investing, and let us know what you think.